This podcast is proudly brought to you by Nuova Simonelli. Hello, and welcome to Tamper Tantrum episode 87. Um, it's me, because it's usually me these days, but that's not a bad thing, I, I hope. I uh, hope you guys are enjoying these little Johnson to adventures with coffee people that I know and admire. Today, I'm joined by someone that I actually haven't had the chance to speak with in a while, and it's kind of made me sad because she's pretty awesome. Um, I'd like you to welcome Brigine Barber from Established in Belfast. Hi, Brigine. Hi, Jen. Thanks so much. This is um, such a pleasure to be doing this with you. I've never been asked before to do anything, so I'm really looking forward to it. So thank you. I, oh no, it's it, the pleasure's all mine. I um, we've seen each other in and around events, and and uh, I used to be spending a lot more time up in Belfast, and I always used to to love our sort of Sunday morning. Uh, Saturday morning chats and things like that and a bit sad I don't get the chance to come up and visit you guys as much anymore so I'm, I'm super excited to, to have you on the podcast today. Great, thank you so much. <laughs> um, so let's let's get started for the people who don't know you uh, like I do. Um, who are you and and what do you do? Oh okay, um, well we, a, a big part of our life now is established coffee in Belfast. Uh, we opened December mm-hmm. 2013 um, and not four years coming this December, which is crazy to think about it. But um, that is crazy. Yeah, it is absolutely. Um, and yeah, so it's both Mark and I own the business, um, and uh, we have just had such uh, a roller coaster. I suppose <laughs> is the truthful <laughs> answer of it. But we absolutely love what we're doing, and it's something we've for a long time had wanted to do. Um, and as you know, yeah. these life gets in the way, and you start doing other things. Uh, mm-hmm. But we had started kind of a little, we talked little bits about it, Mark remembers, um, like here in the grinder when he was a child at home. And I remember mm-hmm. being pretty lucky, I have a lot of family down the west coast of the States. So remember yeah. actually my grandmother a long time ago um, saving money and sending me over there to these relatives I'd never met. But I yeah. just always remember like it sticks really in my mind a lot is um, people eating donuts, which is fantastic in itself <laughs> but obviously drinking coffee and with us kind of coming from a tea culture um mm-hmm. and a pub culture uh coffee was always kind of like in a packet if you know what I mean yeah so we uh-huh, kind of yeah. have all these kind of backgrounds of um different things to do with coffee in just roundabout ways but we both worked for Starbucks um mm-hmm. about 10 12 12 years ago um yeah which we both absolutely loved for different reasons um that's a different podcast <laughs> with mark <laughs> um <laughs> but uh i just like genuinely no matter how you know people want to kick them or whatever for us here they um i suppose there's a big romantic view i think uh of starbucks and maybe that's just mm-hmm. a lot early like i just remember having that kind of view of I suppose what we would call corporate America now was actually big, you know, um, brands like McDonald's and Apple and uh, Starbucks, all these kind of um, big companies that didn't weren't here. Uh, mm-hmm. And you have this kind of vision of what they are. And to be honest, when I worked for Starbucks, I had a fantastic time, like a really, really great time. 
Um, I had uh, opened the first store on the island of Ireland in 2004. Um, oh, wow. Uh, there was actually, yeah, there was actually none here. So I trained in Edinburgh for two months. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was uh, Junction 1. It was a kind of like a shopping area. Um, and then yeah. I opened to International Airport for them as well. And then I went to uh, manage the store on the Upper Lisbon Road. And then I finished my two years with them in Botanic, which was a two-floor store. Mm-hmm. So I had like... Yeah. A, a gr- like a fantastic time but it was more what they called the third place it was such right. a, a cool yeah. thing like I we genuinely I had such a great team of people I worked with and we kind of all fell for that like we really really enjoyed it and um yeah it's such a fantastic um group of customers that came in so and their systems Jen are just they're hard to be <laughs> like they've so good systems um and that kind of yeah. works with my personality is that if you take a lot of the kind of nonsense out of stuff, then people can actually mm-hmm. concentrate on uh, the actual customer, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 no, it makes loads of sense. And it's funny you should say that because I was I was just actually having this conversation um, at the UKBC this, this past weekend. Uh, one of the runners, um, you know, came up and introduced himself to me and, and asked if I needed any help with anything. And I said, you know, no, no, we're, we're doing well. And I said, so where are you from? Where, you know, like, I, I don't recognize you. And he said, well, you know, I'm, I'm from around here, but, you know, oh, I'm sure, I'm sure everyone is going to rib me for this. But, like, I, I work for Costa. And I was like, whoa, hold on, dude. And, like, a lot of people have worked for Costa. A lot of people have worked for Starbucks. It's, it's how we get into the industry and like you know Dale has done it um James Hoffman Klaus Thompson like like there are a lot of people start their careers there and I think the difference is that you know the people who end up coming into specialty they're the ones who show up to those events at the weekends there's they're the ones who sort of have that passion and sort of drive it forward but there's nothing to knock about working in in sort of the bigger corporations you know it's it's a it's a starting stone just like everything else is and like you said you learn some really great things along the way about scaling a business and making it manageable to to grow and to to get it set up and running so that you can do things like focus on the customer there are a lot of lessons that we could certainly learn there without a doubt I think probably half near enough half of our staff just by chance have come from Mm. Starbucks if we include ourselves and Mark um there's just they have they've come they come with a skill set that's quite difficult to explain there's a real common sense uh element to, pe- to a lot of the people I worked with obviously I'm generalizing here but I've just been lucky enough yeah. to work with some really brilliant people um, and they work really well as a team I think you know yeah. we all kind of talk about teamwork but you know at times it's we just say some words at times Jen and you actually don't stop mm-hmm. and think about teamwork like it literally yeah. is the key to everything you know we all have our own agendas for why we do certain things but if you can come together yeah. and see the bigger picture you know, you're going to work very well in some somewhere like established. Mm-hmm. So, but, okay, so you've been, you've been in coffee for a long time then, if we're, we're talking all the way back to, to them, but that's not the only thing you were doing. No, um, that was... You are an accomplished doctor. <laughs> so let's talk a little keep, bit more about that. I keep thinking someone's going to take it away from me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I basically, uh, my youngest son at the time, Matthew, was two. Um, and things have become a little bit difficult um, outside of my own my own life and my work mm-hmm. had become very very difficult for me trying to balance and I had never been to university and I, I try where possible not to complain about things I try to just 
generally try and find a solution to like actually this is a problem what do I need to do now don't get me wrong mm-hmm. there's obviously <laughs> no one's perfect and there's times you just want to kind of go and roll in a ball in a dark room for a little bit and then you yeah. dust yourself down you get back up again but I thought actually I'll I'll put in for you know put in for university and see what happens so I put in for two courses in Jordanstown and I put in for six courses in Queen's University because I wasn't so sure what I wanted to do but I had always mm-hmm. been interested um, I'd worked for four years four and a half years in St Vincent de Paul um, which obviously is a charity and I was always very interested yeah. in um, mental health uh, I'd lived with mm-hmm. a schizophrenic for 18 years of my life so I was always very um, I don't know is empathetic kind of understanding you know aware yeah. of it I suppose maybe more than anything mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. I thought uh, and obviously as I mean you know me uh, well enough now to know I love a good chat and um, I can certainly <laughs> hold a room when I need to um, but yeah. I thought I would probably get into that that was kind of mm, the area I thought mm-hmm. I would get into so I'd applied for sociology um, social anthropology um, philosophy management and then I thought and then I applied for psychology but the two courses that came through I re- I'll never forget it I was such a bad flu like I I don't generally go to bed even if I'm when I'm sick this one just totally yeah. knocked me off my feet and I remember getting the two replies back and they were both no and I was just yeah. you know totally like a punch in the stomach I'm gutted what am I yeah, going to do yeah. um and then I got it must have been sorry not six from Queen's five and I got accepted for all of them. So it was just <laughs> like, oh my word, this is just, this is meant to be. And I had done yeah. a HNC in business and I had um, a guy who was head of my year and he wrote me yeah. a beautiful personal letter. And I genuinely think that that kind of helped me get into Queens. So I decided to go yeah. for psychology because I thought, yeah, this is what I kind of I think this is my calling to go and do something with people um I always thought I had good mental health myself I you know was pretty you know fit strong I'll be able to kind Mm -hmm. of do this so I I get into psychology and just fell in love with my degree and just fell in love with learning and just couldn't believe my luck that I was able to kind of balance parenthood with you know working bringing in money um at the same time Mm -hmm. and I was fantastic and then I had a part-time job doing uh silver service in the great hall in Queens so that kind of subsidized wow. some more a little bit of cash coming through which in turn it wasn't yeah. directly with coffee but I had to work with basically terrible coffee but I had you know <laughs> building all of my service skills with dealing with people yeah. you know it was fantastic um and mm. then my I had a great final year thesis tutor um, and I was looking he uh, looked at disorders, diseases, like Alzheimer's disease, Huntington's disease, and Parkinson's disease. So him and I had got mm-hmm. on really well, Doctor Eugene O'Hare, and he was a, a, just a fantastic lecturer. And I would I would never have thought I would have been that smart to understand a little bit of the workings of the brain, but I totally fell in love with it. Um, and it it is literally just you know revision revision revising revising you know it's not about I'm not I wouldn't call myself extremely bright I'm just very dedicated and I'll work really really hard um, and I don't usually give up which is kind of like a good and a bad thing um <laughs> yeah so there's probably a form of stubbornness in there or I just don't give myself a choice that's kind of it um and I think obviously knowing with Matthew 
I kind of thought, I kind of, I, you don't have a choice when you have children. You just kind of, this is what I need to do. And this is what, this yeah. is where this will get me. So um, mm -hmm. I did my final year thesis on Alzheimer's disease uh, with him. And I was just, it was amazing. I got top of my year in that thesis and I just couldn't <laughs> believe it. I absolutely loved doing it and I loved working with him. And then I volunteered for him once I finished. I finished my degree and I got a 2-1. And I was very pleased with it, considering everything else that had been happening. But um, it was yeah. just a fantastic experience. And then I volunteered with him for six months. And then he mm -hmm. very kindly paid me money uh, for six months out of a small um, amount of like a bursary thing that he had got. And he paid me mm -hmm. for six months. And then he said, right, I'm going to write up a PhD scholarship and see if we can get funding to continue the work that we are looking at. So I was basically wow. looking at two brain proteins that are impl implicated in Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's mm -hmm. disease, dementia. So I was kind of mm -hmm. looking at them as two individual um, proteins and then looking at is there a relationship between both of these um, proteins at some point. Uh, so yeah. it was like it was fun like so interesting, amazing and thinking that you were working in something like kind of trying to prevent these disorders uh, so people could mm -hmm. live a much healthier um, future and then yeah. I basically that year 2009 I started 2006 uh, finished 2009 and then worked for a year uh, with Eugene and then basically the crash there had been you know a lot of that yeah. was kind of happening so a lot of funding was totally taken away from the universities so I had, there was one set of funding and there was 20 of us in for this one bursary. Yeah. So I went and I did my interview with a panel of three people and I came second. And they were, <laughs> there was, they were kind of like, look, you were, you were so close. Like we wanted to yeah. give this to you. However, the guy, the guy who got it, such a lovely guy, Ryan, um, at the time, he was 19 he got a first top of his year Jen you're just like that guy deserves yeah. like there's no hard feelings I'm still kind of pinching myself <laughs> I've actually got yeah. this far um, yeah and then within two weeks there was uh funding came through for me and I started a PhD it's oh, fantastic and and you were so if I like I don't know my memory's a bit shoddy these days I feel like I'm, I'm getting old but um <laughs> When you opened Establish, you were still working on your PhD then. That's right. Um, we opened December 2013. And I'd had my second son, Max, um, the little, beautiful, spontaneous, wonderful boy that he is, kind of smack bang in the middle of my PhD. So I had six yeah. months off and then went back at it. But I remember yeah. them telling me that come April 2014, they stopped paying you. I was like, that's okay. Yeah. That's the day then I will be finishing my PhD. Yeah. Even if I wanted to take the time, I can't take the yeah. time. We don't have the time. Yeah. So I was literally, yeah. I took um, most of December off. And funny, we were just looking back at the rotas from that time. And there was kind of mm. four people, Jen, that was it. And I think <laughs> looking back at it, I was, you know, trying to give Mark, I worked in established in the December, but I had to get back because I only had January basically to April to write my thesis up. Um. Right. And I knew with two children and then the business that 
Mm -hmm. it was going to be a difficult one to do um however yeah. i did do it um and i graduated december 2014 <laughs> it's it, so amazing bonkers <laughs> like it it really i just um i aspire to your dedication and your work ethic um truly <laughs> or stupidity we we can't decide we sometimes <laughs> talk about this and go i don't know two idiots who open uh, a cafe and then do everything else on top of it yeah. I, it, it's hard to I have no words sometimes to explain <laughs> but you you did it and not only did you do it um you know you you have the PhD and your cafe has flourished um in the time since it's opened oh, it, it has literally been amazing to watch it um I have to say like the very very beginning of it I mean you know Mark as well as you know you know mm -hmm. Mark well and I probably know him better than anyone apart from, you know, your children know you better than anyone. But I know yeah. him, like he is, he's a work ethic um, very similar to myself. I suppose that's what kind of makes it work. However, it's, mm -hmm. um, it, it was, it was not easy. Um, and it's always mm -hmm. a very difficult thing to talk about when you, when you try, when you have yourself in levels of stress that you've never been in before. And you end mm -hmm. up sometimes not taking care of each other. You end up attacking each other because yeah. you've like you've got like a pressure cooker at home, pressure cooker in this wonderful business, and people absolutely love coming in. Now, I think we told you before, you know, with this they when we first opened about two day two days in, there a bomb went off across the street. Um yeah. and I suppose that, that you're just sometimes going, Yep, that's us grounded. We're definitely in Northern Ireland these things happen it's all good um we'll we'll yeah. move on from it um we had you know lots and lots of people that were so positive um they didn't know what it was then of course mm -hmm. you know you get mark and I on the floor you'll get a good chat and you'll kind of realize actually there's people who really are just working hard and they want to bring something new um uh, and mm -hmm. beautiful to the city that they both come from and take care of the customers that come in um, yeah. and I think it was just it was a very simple thing that we wanted to do we just wanted a beautiful space beautiful coffee beautiful food eventually and the best service you can find like we we thought yeah we can achieve that uh, mm. uh, and lots of days the majority of days we do uh, and some days you know are much tougher than others um, mm. but at the very beginning a lot of what you're living on is kind of adrenaline, if you know what I mean, from just yeah, this is brand new um, and you just you just do. Even those days, those mm -hmm. dark days where you just want to lie down on the floor through pure exhaustion with, you know, things aren't great outside of it um, because everyone's struggling. And then you've your poor family in the midst of all of that trying to understand what you're trying to do. And they're so proud of you at the same time they're so exhausted because we lit we put so much on people um like I definitely think my mom and dad especially I borrowed the money from my mm -hmm. dad um we market went and did the Irish Aeropress champ uh, Irish Aeropress championships um 2013 and phoned me from mm -hmm. Dublin and said I've just won I was like oh that 
that's hilarious and amazing at the same time and he said I'm going to Melbourne I'm yeah like, oh, oh, this is fantastic so off he goes to Melbourne <laughs> for a week and beca- and he's fourth in the world and you're just like you know I know the effort and time yeah. that he put into it um when Mark puts himself throws himself into something you know like yeah he's he's 150 million percent like that's it um and so he did that and then I thought right okay we've both always wanted to do this I'll just ask my dad and I literally said to him Jen look could I borrow some money from you um and basically borrow in your pension but I promise to pay it all back and in a heartbeat mm-hmm. like not even like yes so mm-hmm. there we go that was how that was kind of how <laughs> the majority of it started um we yeah. will have a payback this year to him um Oh wow! And that's the the four years done, including interest. You need to make sure I give my dad back every penny. He's hilarious. Yeah. Um, And uh, (laughs) which is just that achievement in itself. Um, But it's a weird thing. We've never we try not to take any of it for granted, and we're certainly not arrogant about it at all. I don't think Mm. we ever doubted that it wouldn't work because, you you know, you give people you follow through with what you're talking about. And people really learn to trust you um, and not mm-hmm. just Mark and I, but actually our staff and the business. They trust it. Yeah. You know, they can kind of go, if I go there, I'm going to get great coffee, great service and great food. Um, and if a day they don't get that and it's ours, then we need to own that um, and make mm-hmm. it better, which does happen from yeah. time to time. No, I, I mean, I think uh, I can remember from the very early days. Um, so I would have been spending more time in Belfast because my ex-partner at the time was from that area. Yeah. And so we would go up regularly and see his family. And I just remember his his mom, um, bless her, who, you know, we would chat about coffee all the time. And she was very, she she owned her preference for instant coffee and for, you know, every sun, every Sunday going out to the shop and, and having, you know, like a cappuccino or a latte, you know, very frothy milk at yep. its store somewhere um, in the midst of the Sunday shopping and then coming back uh, sort of thing. And she made it out to established and we weren't with her and we were surprised that she'd, she'd even found you guys, but she'd heard us talking about it so much. And like, Matthew was not a coffee drinker either. So, you know, I, at first he was like, oh, another specialty coffee shop we've got to yeah. go to. And yeah. it's like, but he, like the first time he went, he fell in love with it. And then his parents fell in love with it. And, um, to, to watch them sort of come along that journey and to see other people and to see, you know, chat about with the other family. And, and soon enough, like, I feel like his entire family was was turning up on a Saturday Fantastic. in bits and pieces um, because because you, you do that. You know, you, you make nice coffee. You're nice to people. It's super approachable. Um, and like, like and I, I think we'll talk about it in a little bit. You know, you've had a lot of hurdles to sort of come across and doing that, like culturally, like you said, tea drinking culture, but also sort of, you know, that instant coffee uh, culture that, that goes along with that sometimes. Um, political, like uh, the bomb on your second day of opening and things like that. But throughout all of that, um, I have found established to always sort of deliver that, that kind of homey service yeah. uh, and approachability that I think we should all be aspiring to. Um, because it is, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful space. I'll link photos to the Instagram, uh, which you guys also do an incredible job of. Um, so people take notes when that link comes up, but, um, it is, 
it is everything that is specialty coffee, everything that we say specialty coffee is. And then you guys push the boat out further and you deliver on that even more uh, because of that service and because of that sort of welcoming feeling. And I love the fact that, you know, people would come in and they, they would get to chat with you and, and Mark. And that's not always an easy thing to do in the middle of a busy mm -hmm. service, but you were always very forthright and clear, like, oh yeah, things are super busy today. I'd love to catch up with you, you know, and, and we would have, you know, a smatter of a chat and then you would get right back to work. And that made me feel... Uh, like appreciated and loved yeah. you know what I mean yeah. and, and I think I, I saw you doing that to lots of people who would come in on a busy Saturday when there was a queue out the door and I think that yeah that's what makes you guys amazing and that shop is just so incredible I think that was it was hilarious at the beginning there was definitely some people automatically yeah this is great and then the other one was you know obviously at the probably at the time there was a lot of men with beards and then man buns and you know this kind of like you know <laughs> cool vibe and feels and you know everyone's just like constantly vibes 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 and then it be then you're opening something that basically looks like that um mm -hmm. because that's what people kind of associate it and there's absolutely nothing wrong with a man having a beard and a man bun and having whatever language they they want to speak like I have absolutely no problem and that word is hipster was the one that was obviously thrown mm -hmm. about and you know, you just like through all generations, the the new word for anyone that kind of thinks they're cool or whatever is a hipster. It's like let people mm -hmm. be who they want to be. So we had a mix of people. But honestly, Jen, I it was about two weeks we were open and Mark and I happened to be on the floor and I just stopped and I said, look at all the people sitting here. And genuinely we had mm -hmm. what people would perceive as hipsters, a few of them, um, a family. I had with two brothers who used to come in here and sadly I don't see them anymore because I'm, I'm and I don't know what happened to them they were both around mm. 80 and they came in with the Irish news they sat with a coffee at the bench in the middle of the space with a suit one more yeah. cravat and the other one had a tie on and the two of them were oh. just gorgeous so they were in their 80s families hipsters met people in business suits and um, people having to meet yeah. genuinely two weeks in you're just like oh my goodness look how diverse that that has never left thankfully and I think yeah. I don't know why we got it but I hope it's something to mm. do with the service that's provided to people that they feel you know it's it's not cold or it's not indifferent to your needs it's here we have one size of cup because we want you to taste the coffee we are happy to give you mm -hmm. extra milk on the side absolutely like there's lots of little systems and things in here that we've kept from the very beginning and I think even if some people it wasn't their thing or no I don't want that what they got was not a tut or indifference it was like look I can't give you this here but I can tell you where to go for it because mm -hmm. I have yeah. absolutely no problem with someone going, coming in and going, there's nothing on the menu that I want. And I have, I've, mm -hmm. you know, for myself, like most of the staff will go, what is you're looking for? And they tell me and I'm going, right, I can tell you where to go for it. And it's like, mm -hmm. it, it's not a personal attack um, unless someone is physically, you know, attacking you or being exceptionally rude. Yeah, it's yeah. very, very rarely. We genuinely have great customers. And I think when... Yeah we get a bad review or, or someone has said something, I would say that has been down to service. Mm -hmm. We've dropped it and we have to go back and go to that customer, right? That was us. That was, we own yeah. that. 
and we apologize and it happens it's very very rarely that it happens but it has happened um i think we've probably built up a trust with people that they kind of think yes. actually i know what i'm going to get in there and then i'm going to get a bit of crack with it and um i'm going to get great coffee and great food and i think we've just been maybe consistent tried to be consistent with it mm-hmm. um but not fake or like we genuinely enjoy what we do and we hope that when customers come in they feel that the staff enjoy their job even in those days Mm -hmm. you know Jen I can't explain at times how hard our staff work Uh, we are busy Mm -hmm. we are you know flat out we ask a lot of them and they give a lot and in turn hopefully we give them plenty um we wanted we've never really hired anyone part-time and we kind of felt that we wanted to provide full-time jobs as well paid as we possibly could we give our staff Mm -hmm. a free bag of coffee every week so they go and they taste it or they get their mom and dad or their brother and sister to taste it and we make sure they get coffee on shift and other discounts and things like that we recently brought in a health benefit system this year um, you're automatically enrolled into a pension scheme now with the new government legislation and and we're always looking yeah. at things to kind of go how do we make this job a profession that people want to get into um, mm-hmm. but to understand that the majority of the work will come from themselves we can help yeah. you get to where you want to be but you have to make a lot of that happen for yourself yeah I think you guys do do a really good job of that. I mean, I, I remember um, sort of going back to the political thing, like you, you're very upfront with your staff. Like there are some, some difficult things that you guys have to sort of navigate in terms of um, religious uh, needs and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember you telling me, you know, like some people don't want to work on Sundays and that's a really hard thing, but we expect all of the staff to be able to do that equally. That That's a thing here because we don't ever want anyone to feel like the the that they're, they're, they're having to work harder than someone else and we're giving them the tools to sort of, everyone is on the same level playing field when they come into the shop. Yep, and, that's, and all of those opportunities yep, are there. That's yeah. what we have tried and recently we kind of, you know, like the last couple of weeks, just getting a little bit of time to think about things, personally myself, um, and then chatting to Mark about what I was thinking about was more, actually, mm. maybe we can't employ everyone full time. Um, and that's maybe just mm-hmm. like, you know a pipe dream up to now it's worked really really well for us Mm -hmm. however you find that as you say there um people with church and things like that on a sunday it's a very very important part of and has been for a long Mm -hmm. time here in the north um and we try and work around people as best as we possibly can and try to be as fair Mm -hmm. and do you know jen we have never really had a problem with any staff member no one's ever come in and demanded anything from us and I think that says a lot yeah. about the people that work here that we genuinely mm-hmm. try when someone comes with us with an issue we will do our best to try and work it out we're not perfect we don't always get it right but I'll tell you what we'll have learned something from it um, and tried yeah. to go back and relook at things so for example I think we're about to recruit again and we definitely will do a couple of part-timers so for the Saturday and the Sundays maybe at the weekend um it's definitely Mm. the busiest however it's can be the funnest as well um it means it allows that the people who are here full-time 
to um, maybe free up a Saturday or Sunday on the rota because I am very aware that even if you don't do church or anything like that on a Sunday, culturally, mm. it's when most people get together, isn't it? You know, like they'll get together mm-hmm. for dinner or they'll see each other on a Saturday or Sunday. So we're kind of re-looking yeah. at things going, well, we can't all, maybe, maybe it just doesn't work as well as we would like it to that everyone is equal all the time that we can't that a full-time position for someone maybe isn't what they need and we're missing out on great people because we've all been part-time staff ourselves do you know what I mean and if someone hadn't give us a chance like we don't know where Mm -hmm. that we would be so we're going to look at that with all the same benefits obviously as what you get when you Mm -hmm. work for established um but I think that is kind of what I like about us probably more so as two people when we know that something needs changed we're not frightened of doing that but we're not change things mm-hmm. just because it's a you know it's the newest thing or you know it's a bit like looking at AirPress and V60 and Chemex and took us two years to use a batch brewer because <laughs> yeah. we just thought no I, I can't take someone's money off them if I'm not hand making this what a nonsense what would Mm -hmm. that be now we have to look at that and go okay we're twice as busy um yeah the consistency that you get with a batch brewer when you are when you have your recipe you know as well as it can be you know your recipe you know what it is and that's what we've worked on for two years you know and we started serving batch and you're just like what were we doing (laughs) this is amazing you know um (laughs) obviously we still have all of those other brew methods there but it's that that's Mm. the change with us as well and our development you know whereas at the beginning Mm -hmm. you're just you wouldn't even think of it because you think oh that's going to be dirt in a cup that's what you usually get is what people say is filter coffee Mm -hmm. that comes from a batch brew and it's cold and nasty and it's some of the tastiest coffee I've had recently. It's been from a yeah. batch brewer. Yeah. So I think you always mm-hmm. got to be ready for changes um, that are right for your business, not because they're cool, yeah. but because it's the right thing to do and it's the best thing for the customer. Mm. Yeah. No, that's that's great. It's so funny because there, there are so many things that like I would have, Colin had said years ago when I was working for 3FE and it's so nice and refreshing to hear, you know, that, that, you're, you're driving the business based on what the customer needs and, and like that you're open to sort of, you know, because I think uh, like we're human, you know, we, we have the tendency to focus on something and we have that sort of, oh, I can't remember the name of the bias. I'm going to have to go and rewatch Matt Perger's talk. But, you know, like once we've committed to something, we usually commit to something and, and anything that might drag us away yep. from it is is going to make us sort of commit to it even more. And, um, you know, there's, there's an openness and an honesty and like an, an ability to sort of, you know, step back and examine what you guys are doing and, and make changes based on the people who are in your business and the people who frequent your business. And that's, that's yeah, and I, that, I wish everyone And I think as well, our customer base, you know, the base that people mm. have been, like, especially this summer has been a real wake-up call for us where the cafe's concerned. We have had mm. so many tourists come through Belfast. I cannot explain how amazing yeah. it is, Jen, to see all of these people from the four corners of the world coming and they're coming in the established and you're getting a conversation with them and I had a lovely yeah. couple in last week who were from New Zealand and they're retired traveling through Europe their friends had been in established you know a previous couple yeah. of months and they were just the two the man and woman just said our friend said you need to go to this cafe and I'm having this conversation <laughs> with them and you're just like like 
it's just a cafe and you're just like wow that's amazing that they kind of told you yeah. to come here at another couple who pulled out a newspaper cutting from the sydney chronicle or the sydney times in australia mm. <laughs> just like this is why we're here <laughs> okay fantastic <laughs> but we have those everyday customers that come in and spend £2.70 on a coffee and the difference is that what their needs now are is they want to taste great coffee but you know Paul who comes in every single day £2.70 for an Americano you see him walking across the street you get that on because you know he's going to work he's been mm -hmm. coming in for you know two three years I, he's not coming in for a cappuccino. If he came in for a cappuccino, I think we'd all fall back. He drinks an Americano every day, <laughs> and that should be... He sh he gets a quick hello now, um, because that is us trying to look at their needs going. Paul loves yeah. coming in here, um, and it's taken... You know, it took him a good year to speak to us. He would just nod, mm -hmm. and eventually mm -hmm. we broke him down with our... Our, our kindness and our joy <laughs> but it took a while and that's what's so amazing yeah. and then you have someone who comes in three times a day and we end up saying Dave, yeah. you need to like cut this down you're going to look at your bank account and you're going to stop coming in because that happens as well and you're you see mm -hmm. people come in and they absolutely love it then they get a bank account out and they go uh i've just spent 100 pounds no and then you don't see them and then you think you've done something mm -hmm. wrong, but now nearly four years, four years in, you realise they've been spending too much. So they come now for a treat yeah. and you're like, cool, <laughs> that's way better. Yeah. <laughs> Unless, you know, you can afford it and your thing is coffee. You know, I would yeah. have went before mm -hmm. we had established, I would have went to a coffee shop and had a coffee before I went to work. That was just my routine. I like that. Mm -hmm. That's part of what I would have done. And we have lots of customers. Yeah. And I think they genuinely love the coffee and they love coming in and they love getting you know a bit of crack give maybe a chris there jordan's there you know abby's there mm -hmm. all all these people here they have got to know themselves and it's taken all of yeah. us together um front of house back of house and our customers to literally mm -hmm. make established yeah. what it is yeah i mean you you guys have built um a community there and that's actually that's something i'd like to dig into a little bit um so when I was uh, up in, before you guys had opened, I was spending time up in Belfast looking at sort of like how music was bringing people together. Mm -hmm. And now we have this third space that's also bringing people together. Um, and like, how how has that worked? I mean, obviously, you know, the ethos there is, you know, make make nice coffee, be nice to people. But but um, that feels like a, like a personal thing for you and Mark as well, because I see you guys doing a lot of work with events and... Um, just general community fostering and like how you know your menu has kid-friendly items on it and like we you know we've seen things in specialty before the, this argument like should should prams be allowed in the shop or um and things like that but you guys you guys embrace every aspect of that community um is is that is that just a personal thing is that has that been a business thing is it a little bit of both i think or? it's probably uh, um i think actually starbucks for me always felt like that like i always run mm. I remember this is years ago and one of my f dear friends now Chris who I worked with in Starbucks and I remember him one day just stopping at Till and looking at me and going mm -hmm. you have created the third place in this Starbucks and I was kind of, no I don't do this all myself and he said no he says I come into work every day because you're my manager and I know the majority of people uh -huh. come here like I could have cried 
And I just thought, yeah. that's the kindest thing. Thank you so much. However, that's not all true. It take, it does genuinely. I'm not trying to, you know, fake humility or whatever because anyone knows me knows I'm far from perfect at all. But I genuinely <laughs> think that was, I've maybe not used, you know, what maybe people thought I sh- would have or should have done with my degree and my PhD. Uh, however, mm. I feel that we do in here that we take care of people and that is the center of our business is we are a great yeah. coffee and food business but we are a hundred percent people business and that goes both sides of the counter that doesn't mean to say as yeah. i said that it's perfect all the time but um we don't intend anything to be perfect you can't be you know you deal with people every single day but we wanted to have a place yeah. that we felt if a tourist was away they could plug their phone in or their laptop and go okay uh, it's not going to be a problem the wi-fi you know is there to use mm-hmm. we wanted an open space you know i've always find when you go into somewhere and i totally understand gen why people ram loads of chairs in because it's you know people yeah. on seats people don't i suppose lots of people don't un, don't realize or understand and it's not their business to really understand that 30 percent of you know what you lift through your business and then 20 percent of it is vat there's 50 percent of what you've mm-hmm. lifted if you've lifted a thousand pounds or 500 pounds of that gone immediately don't even think about it mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. you need to be creative and get money coming through the business so in turn you can employ mm-hmm. the best people you can find but we didn't want to ram the space with loads of chairs it's uncomfortable I think it agitates people and I don't just think it's customers I think staff you know so we did try where possible think of everything that we could possibly think of so have a space that was easy to clean hence the concrete floor dead easy to clean um you know Mm -hmm. using the small amount of money that we opened with we used it on the best machinery we could find equipment that's what we invested in mm-hmm. um, and we then which then in, in turn left us with the most ridiculous amount of money for our kitchen which I kid you not yeah. was an 80 pounds second hand kitchen from a charity shop so I'm sorry to oh, kill amazing. the romance here of established for a moment <laughs> that is literally <laughs> what our kitchen was at the very start because as anyone who comes in the established will notice front of house is it's all about workflow. It's how mm-hmm. it's how easy you make that for your staff, which in turn then, as I said, they don't have to worry about what's to be cleaned. There's a cleaning list. There is, you know, a deep mm-hmm. clean list. There's uh, a morning shift opening sheet, a closing shift sheet. Um, we literally have paperwork for everything, but we engage with it because in turn what it does, it allows mm-hmm. your staff to engage with the customer and it allows them to engage with mm-hmm. each other. And no matter how hard the work is, that in itself, taking a lot of that noise away and having systems for it, makes it easier on those days where someone's maybe sick, you're two people down, someone's got a head cold, mm-hmm. and you have a busload of tourists that have just come up, 60 Italians a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago on a Saturday, all wanting coffee at four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> you're just like, okay then. <laughs> Let's get that smile on and keep going. And we're probably a little bit yeah. sick in the head. Most of us in established is that that is the type of level of business that we really enjoy because it gets you in the mm-hmm. flow. You know, people really get to the essence and the core of what established is. And it is about, 
you know, someone chooses to come into established and spend their money there. Like someone makes a choice in the morning. You can go anywhere you want. People make a choice to mm-hmm. come into established. So I genuinely feel that should be reciprocated. Happy days. You're spending your yeah. money in here. Yeah. And then this is what we think you should have, which is a smile mm-hmm. and how's it going? What's been happening? You know, what are you up to today? And those genuine, you know, chat up lines, whatever you want to call them, is I think what has allowed the customer base to um, build. Yeah. So I, I think I think I know the answer to this already, but I was, <laughs> was going to ask you um, if you have one piece of advice for anybody looking to start up their own cafe, their own business, what would it be? Hmm. I think like to have I I think probably the biggest question to ask themselves is why are they doing it Mm -hmm. um because you it literally that would be the big I would ask them first of all and I've asked this before why are you doing it and if it's to make money Mm -hmm. then we usually laugh um and have a little yeah. chuckle together and go okay uh mm. not the business now no it, that's not saying that you won't make money um but you will spend money um mm-hmm. and you should spend money you should spend money on people mm-hmm. i think that's the biggest thing i would say is the why are you doing it if you know why you're doing it then own it like absolutely mm-hmm. love it as much as you can but know that it will bring you to you know, places in your mind and your body physically that you're just never ready for. Um, and I think that's yeah. what you were talking about, you know, for both of us, that physical mm-hmm. side of, you know, weight loss, not eating properly. This is all the, the the horrible kind of stuff that you don't talk to people about because you don't want to come across as if you're complaining. Um, and mm-hmm. definitely, you know, it wasn't about that but what became an issue probably for Mark and I both was no one really understood what we were going through so you talk mm-hmm. to each other about it but when you're part of the problem and he's part of the problem where do you put mm-hmm. that if that makes sense so it ends up yeah. being yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It ends up being very lonely at times and a very confusing mm-hmm. kind of oh look everyone thinks we're awesome but we're or my hands yeah. up in the corner going that's a total load of nonsense we are not awesome yeah <laughs> that's a very different thing <laughs> we're being absolute we have nothing left to give each other um and when you have yeah. children and you have a life outside that becomes very complicated and confusing and uh mm. it, you just want to either you know scream cry or just become very very quiet and you don't know what to do with it mm-hmm. so i think that's probably that's the you know the part that you don't you know when someone comes in with doe eyes and they're just like I want to open my own cafe I'm just like well then you go for it you make sure that you do this and not however we've sat down with people and they said okay we want the honest truth and there is only so much of an honest truth that you can give to someone unless they've came through it so it's I suppose it's like having a child Mm -hmm. that you can't really explain to someone or you know finishing a PhD or you know a breakup or something you you can't explain to someone until mm-hmm. they've actually done it you can just hope that you have some empathy um, and understanding mm-hmm. and not point the finger at someone going I told you so definitely yeah, yeah. 
I think for Matthew and Max, two children, like, so I felt very, very guilty for a long time, and I can only speak for myself. But I mean, Mark would agree with me. You know, himself, he felt mm. just bewildered and lost at probably how much we put them through, and we tried to protect them mm -hmm. as much as we could. You know, because physically, for example, on a Sunday, um, my mum and dad, they would come and pick Matthew and Max up here at the shop because we didn't have anyone else to open, so the two of us had to come in. And Max was only, you know, one and he's crying, shouting for me. And then I'm in tears because I'm having to leave him. And that's not mm -hmm. what I wanted to do. And then you get very frustrated with Mark and he's getting frustrated with me. And uh, but it is literally um, we n we never lost respect for each other. I think we just became absolutely burnt out. But we had so mm -hmm. many amazing people who helped us. You know, I look at my mom and dad, look at Mark's yeah. mom and dad my aunt and uncle, my sister, um, Pete and Kevin, you know, were outstanding. Mm -hmm. um, they gave us so much um, support, as much as they could do, and helped us out um, when we didn't know. Like, because that's the whole thing. Both of us yeah. didn't know everything. Mark had done a competition. Yeah. And I think then everyone just thinks, yep, yeah, see that guy, he knows everything. And she's opened the cafe, so she knows everything. <laughs> and you're just like... Um, yeah. guys we're learning as we go along we just are mm -hmm. probably in some ways really good at hiding it <laughs> but we don't know everything yeah yeah uh, so I think those early days of opening a business and especially something then that's seven days a week you know Sundays for a long time it was practically like the wild west there was tumbleweed coming through no one came mm -hmm. in <laughs> like us as two idiots opened the first year of Boxing Day because we thought, oh great, yeah, we can't close. People will hate us if we close. We can't close. We need to yeah. stay open 24-7. You know, that's your kind of weird mindset. You're just, and then you kind of go, yeah, yeah. no, people are okay that you don't open at night time. You know, it's okay. But we've yeah. never changed mm -hmm. our hours, actually, from we opened. Mm -hmm. We opened with certain hours, with certain days, and we've never changed. And I definitely think that helps people um, trust, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think yeah. for anyone opening a coffee shop, understand why you're doing it. Like, what what is it you're wanting to do? Um, and, you know, uh, like, are you ready for the effort and hard work? It's effort and hard work. There's no fairy dust sprinkling of every, anything. It's, you know... Um, it's effort and hard work and you know enjoying what you're doing and having a little bit of flexibility and a big big spoonful of humility at all times <laughs> it sounds um it sounds like you've bounced back from that place and, and burnout is a hard thing to come back from yeah. um you know were, th were there anything like so i recently i i was going through a period of burnout myself and i found it really difficult because it's like you know, you, you look at things um, that suggest you, you take time off of work mm -hmm. or you, you step away and you do things for yourself. And it's like, okay, well, this is great if you're, you're sort of living and working in a corporate environment that acknowledges that this is a thing and, and allows you to take the time or you have the financial flexibility to do that. But what do you do when it's your business? And what do you do when um, you don't have that financial flexibility? Like how, like, is there, 
you know, it's not like there's a specialty coffee guide to burnout. I think there probably should be at some point purely because yeah. a lot of what we do is driven by passion and by love. And, you know, a lot of the industry tends to throw itself into their own businesses. But that, like, were, were there any particular things that you and Mark found yourselves doing to try and claw back from burnout? I think that um, event when I had definitely very early days, I was trying to, because Mark was here all the time. So he would be here from six in the morning um to you know seven eight o'clock at night then we only had mm -hmm. you know two other staff at the beginning and then we had someone mm -hmm. else join so I was coming down on a Sunday to kind of give Mark uh kind of a few hours off away from it but then I was writing up my PhD mm -hmm. the rest of it and obviously trying to parent uh Matthew and Max mm -hmm. um and you know really Jen we were we like I probably burnt my mum and dad out um I would say because they seen me then I got very very physically sick I, mean, I hate even talking about because it it's just mm -hmm. like oh can't believe I allowed myself to get so far um but I got really really mm -hmm. sick to the point that in August 2014 I went to the hospital and he said if you don't start doing something now you're going to end up like really permanently damaged and it was a big wake-up call because mm. I thought stop for a second I think it's weird when you get into a, a negative way of thinking and it's your own mm. thoughts but you start to kind of blame everything else outside now it's not my yeah. natural go-to it's and you know Mark felt like this as well you know when we discussed it later when you become you get the aha moment and go it's not that everything you know I suppose life is 99% perception isn't it it's what we think we know mm -hmm. or what we think we see and you're just like what like yeah. you could make any story up to fit anything that you want going on in your head especially when you're not mm -hmm. sleeping you're under immense levels of stress your relationship is at you know breaking point your two children are looking at you to parent and guide them and you're kind of going uh hold on a second I'm just gonna I wish there was like it sometimes like a little remote so you could pause them so yeah. you're not hurting them like not hurting them because yeah. you, you know you're hurting them on purpose just because yeah yeah, yeah you're yeah. under so much pressure and you're not actually you feel you're there even though I mm -hmm. I can only talk for myself mm -hmm. I was just there was too much happening and I think that's what I was very frustrated about and angry about was just how much we were taking the two kids for granted just thinking like mm -hmm. so I felt I was doing more than what Mark was but how could he do more yeah. because he was physically holding the business together because I was doing everything else together, yeah. but you end up then burnout burnout you're in your you know pressure cooker here pressure cooker there and then mm -hmm. I think just through a communication which is like we all mm -hmm. talk about this like it's the buzzword of forever from of all been about isn't it really <laughs> and it's the one thing we're all not really great yeah. at especially under pressure mm -hmm. and then you've yeah. got me I can only talk for myself again and just me and how I think it's just like coming from a psychology degree coming from a family where there had been you know someone with schizophrenia and I grew up with all of that mm -hmm. and managing all of that and then doing mm -hmm. my PhD in psychology and then not being able to help myself was really yeah like that's probably was the biggest thing for me it was just like my whole family and world's falling apart here and I can't mm -hmm. do a lot about it because I need someone else to be helping me with it 
um however we're yeah. building this wonderful business and people really love it and this is exactly what you wanted to do probably the timing for us sucked a bit mm -hmm. you know if i'd been able to finish that phd <laughs> then we definitely would have been in a better place to start it however it is what it is we gathered ourselves eventually yeah. we were able to employ more staff we started talking to each other because it's the thing ask our staff here all the time communicate with each mm -hmm. other don't be frightened to say anything the door's always open if there's an issue i can mm -hmm. only help it if you tell me just tell me nothing yeah. is worth holding on to or hiding we are here to make it better mm -hmm. and that's not just for our customers yeah. but for each other however mark and i weren't yeah. really doing that with each other because we were so busy mm -hmm. being human doings and not being human beings that you're just because yeah. you're on you know, you're on even adrenaline rush all the time. Just like, I can't not not be in work. Like, that's it. I remember yeah. one day, the May 2014, it was one of our first days we'd really kind of been together from December as a family. My cousin was getting married mm -hmm. in London yeah. and we thought, yeah, no, we're going to go. We need to go. We definitely need to go. It'll be a great mm -hmm. wedding. And Matthew was doing... um page page boy and uh so away yeah. we go to london have the best time the flight is out of gatwick and we are in the taxi mm -hmm. a quarter there was literally all the tube stations have been closed we ended up yeah oh, no. total nightmare in a taxi not realizing that gatwick is like an hour outside from you know where they uh, yeah, lived in yeah. east london so we're in this taxi going oh mm -hmm. my like we're not no no we're not like totally stressed we're not never going to make this we're going to you know we can't we have to make our flight there is no one to open the shop in the morning that's all we could think about it's just we have to be there mm. i'm opening like i have to be there and um, we get into mm -hmm. gatwick running through security like four crazy people per max is you know two he's under my arm <laughs> we're running and running <laughs> this is quarter to nine in the evening flight should yeah. be in the air a quarter to nine and just yeah. by chance, it was running 25 minutes late. And all yeah. we could think about was, we cannot not be in work tomorrow. So we never gave ourselves, there was no mm -hmm. choice, but we probably never said to each mm -hmm. other. Mark probably worried about my dad getting his money back, you know, making sure mm -hmm. his side of, you know, our, us as people and our family were okay. Mm -hmm. That's what he was working for. And, you mm -hmm. know, in turn, building a great business you know, the people would really love coming into. So I, I don't think we ever, we never missed a day of work, probably late sometimes through pure exhaustion, but we never yeah. missed a day of being in work. We were all, one of us was always here when we needed to be. Mm -hmm. So communication and support and, and just having that, having that there is what sort of, got you through it and and yeah communication is so important it is um we often take it for granted um I know it's it's really important yeah. to me <laughs> like I you can move the goalposts as many times as you want as long as you let me know you're yeah. moving them and that's that's a-okay and I will I will probably over communicate with you how things are going with me but that's just the way I am and you get a um, bit, little bit lost in that you're expecting someone to see something how you do and not really stopping and yeah. thinking well, that's an individual who sees the world through their experiences and how they think it should be. And then I'm seeing mine through mine and then they're coming together and clashing, especially when you yeah. haven't eaten 
you've had little sleep mm-hmm. and you're under immense stress. So yeah. those kind of three yeah. things, kind of sleep is just, oh, you can't explain to anyone. <laughs> you, you know, it sends you mad when you're not getting sleep. Um, and then if you're, yeah. you know, you've stress in there, you've stress because you're not sleeping and you're physically on on the go. Because I know for a long time when yeah. Mark came home, he would literally just fall down. When he came in, I would go to Tesco, and then I've have having been, you know, doing my PhD get Matthew and Max sorted, making sure they're okay, fed and, you know, hugs mm-hmm. as much as possible, going, it'll be okay, we'll be yeah. fine. And then going to yeah. Tesco yeah. and then coming to work that night and cutting stuff up yeah. and prepping and then falling yeah. into bed at midnight and one o'clock in the morning from being up at six. Yeah. Like that went on for months. But you don't tell anyone that. Like, what can anyone do for you? Because you don't want to complain yeah. We could have been complaining at the other mm-hmm. side, going, no one's coming into the cafe, Jen. We owe all this money. It's failing. Mm-hmm. So you feel very, yeah. very grateful that your hard work and your effort and your time is, you know, it's working. We're employing people. No, mm-hmm. we haven't failed to pay anyone. Um, our customers yeah. love coming in. They enjoy the experience that they get, the coffee and the food and, you know, meeting or, you know, spending a little bit of time that they have when they come in with their staff. Like, what is yeah. there to complain about? So y- y- you don't, because you don't want to feel as if, you know, you're being ungrateful. Mm-hmm. Does that make yeah, sense? I'm grateful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. I am just taking a look at the clock here. Time has flown oh by. It's it always way too easy to chat with you. Too much. <laughs> it's been about an hour. Um, so before we yeah. go really quick, there's a couple of exciting things coming up for you guys in the future. I want to make sure that we sort of talk about them before we sign off. So you've recently released some brew classes, uh, which is oh, exciting. exciting. We took our, our little dividend last year and, um, instead of going away on a wonderful holiday, we built a training space just across the road from the cafe. Mm-hmm. So we literally launched our first brew Amazing. class today, just basically brew better coffee at home. And that is like, yeah. That's massive. We generally don't think yeah. that we want more cafes, but we'd like ways of building the business and literally getting people to drink better coffee at home. So, um, yeah, that's going to yeah. be uh, this week and hopefully planning more <laughs> of those. We had a wonderful food yeah. project kind of thing uh, a lot of weeks ago with Phil and Jane from our kitchen and they had like a five mm-hmm. um, course brunch kind of tasting menu thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of nice yeah. to be able to, ex, you know, um, for the guys in the kitchen to get an opportunity to step out of the kitchen and do something slightly different for themselves because we know we can't keep people forever. So we would like people to go mm-hmm. with great skills and feel as if their time in established has felt like, you know, worthwhile yeah. and they can take it with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're very excited about that. Uh, with Air Press Championships are coming up again next month can't wait for that because it's always fun Um, and roasting probably is in the future I would say for us as in learning like it's hard not to want to do that because there's so much to learn now it's not kind of there's no tick against that yet um but we're just looking at uh more of making sure how we build the cafe itself Mm -hmm. and then um I, I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you guys are acting as host partner for an upcoming Brista Guild of Europe event collab taking place in Cannot Belfast wait. later this Cannot year. Cannot wait. It's so good. I had a yeah. conversation with the girl who kind of 
um, started chatting to us about it and I was just you know you have every reason yeah. to come here you'll be so well taken care of yeah. it's a great city um, there is so much mm-hmm. uh, of a lovely community of people here who really really enjoy coffee and great food some cracking restaurants um, so we, we really really yeah. can't wait lots of lovely coffee shops have opened here in the last couple of years and I think that's what's great we did a coffee yeah. map last year for the W the world of coffee in Dublin and it was amazing in the three years there was actually a map to do of the north you know do you know yeah, what I mean yeah. so <laughs> that's what was probably what kind of made us very proud was just in the four years wow just look at it you know and there's so much more to come yeah 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 well an exciting future ahead um it was so good to catch up with you and uh hopefully i will see you later this year that would be nice um if i could make it up and see you um and and all the best like thank you so much for taking the time it's been thank you so much again looking forward to seeing you Yeah, um, uh, that's us for this week. Um, we will shortly be having some videos from UKBC if you missed the live stream. We had really great panel discussions there. Uh, and then of course, we're gonna be in San Francisco very shortly. It's about two weeks away, holy bajoli. Um, so for more information on that, you know where to find it, it's up on the website. Thanks for listening, over and out. Thanks for listening to this podcast. It's proudly brought to you by Nuova Simonelli.